0: So we're going to be in Luke 1 and 31, it says, "And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be a great, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born and will be called Holy, the Son of God. Um, so you know we're talking about Mary this morning. And you might be thinking, why are we talking about Mary? It's not Christmas, right? It's not. It's not Christmas. But I do think there's something to be said about her. So all the moms in the house, I don't know about you, but Mary's the one I look at for an example of, of what I want to be. Um, I think she had the most greatest calling of all mothers. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm just honored to be a mom, too, in the house Um, I have two little ones, if you don't know, a five-year-old little girl, Sadie, and uh, a three-year-old little boy. He just turned three last week. So, Grace, and um, I'm just honored to be a mom that God allowed me to do that. He chose me to be their parent, and um, along with Andrew, of course, because you can't do it by yourself. All the moms out there able to do that, praise God, because that's a big task, and God has definitely blessed you to be able to do it if you're a single mom. So we love you, moms, in the house. So we're going to dive in and talk about Mary this morning. At the first of this story, I just see normalcy. I just see, like, Mary just waking up. She's stretching it out, right? She's like, man, what's this day going to hold? I bet it's just going to be breezy, you know? I bet I'm just going to go out through my day. I'm going to think about, you know, how we're going to plan this wedding, because I'm getting married, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat. If you know me, I'm a breakfast girl, so I'm, I'm always thinking about, can I have some biscuits and gravy, uh, some fried hash browns? Um, we found this little hole in the wall yesterday that does fried bologna. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I would really love some fried bologna. Oh. With a, a slice of a tomato yes, the southern people eating breakfast know that that's what we do. And I'm sure that she was thinking about her fried bologna, and I'm sure that she was like, where's my cup of coffee? You know, and she wasn't thinking, you know, anything was going to happen out of the normal for her day. Um, And then an assignment came. A wind blew in. This beautiful angel came to her to speak destiny. And the angel was a, An angelic visitation, of course. And if you didn't know, this hadn't happened in 400 years that no one had really heard or been open to hearing God's voice. And and angelic visitations were not common. Not then. They used to be, right? Um, But they weren't common. So this was was a special moment. And the angel in verse 28 says, Greetings, O favored one. And greetings is rejoicing because I delight in you and I delight to come to you. This is like an act of praise, right? Greetings, oh favored one. The Lord is with you. And Mary was like, I'm a little confused how you're coming at me. I'm not really sure what this is supposed to be meaning. I'm not. I'm not sure the angle you're taking with visiting me, but I'm okay with it. I'm not scared to death so we knew we know that if she wasn't scared to death she had she had to be with the father she had known him she had longed to longed to hear his heartbeat and she was aware of who God was and wanted him active in her life and so she wasn't scared to death I don't know about you but I probably would have been especially you know angels are huge At least that's what I envisioned them to be. Um, These huge presences and it's like, oh, well, let me bow down before you. But she wasn't scared. But I love how he addressed her as the favored one. And the angel in verse 30 says, do not be afraid. Because we know if we look around in the room and anyone that we know in our lives, fear can cause you to say no when he says yes. You know, so I think this is a great reminder that he says, fear not. Before he even gives her an assignment, he says, don't you be stressing, because I know that's what you're going to be doing. And I know you're going to be a little scared of what is going to come out my mouth next. So he tells her, don't be afraid, because you found favor with God. And I think it's, there we go with the favor thing again. He says it three times in meeting her and I think there's something to be said with that. He speaks destiny over you. Reminds you that you are favored, you know, even before he gives you your assignment. And um, she t- the angel says, don't be afraid. And then he says, your assignment. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son of the most high. Um. And he'll be given the throne of the father, David, of his father. I think that's just amazing that he's already speaking destiny over something conceived in the womb. Hasn't even seen it yet. She doesn't even know really what all's going on. And there's always destiny placed on that. So he speaks that assignment to her. He says, you'll conceive. For all the moms in here, we know what that's like. To conceive something means that you're going to carry it inside of you a destiny, a dream. There's that season of incubation. You know, it's just resting in there. It's becoming what it's supposed to be. Can't really see it. Can't explain it. Can't really tell people you're pregnant when you're like six weeks. They can't see it. Do they really believe you? Maybe, you know, they don't really know if this is, and then once you start showing, right, you know, then you get some, you get some more besides the conceiving, but conceiving something, there's always that season, a period of knowing a dream, but not seeing it yet. And pregnancy is a huge example. Obviously, I use that. But near church is a huge example, too. Because as you've heard pastors say before, it was five years that God said, five years ago, he said, you're going to move to Bowling Green, you're going to start a church. And we're like, man, so we just conceived this thing. We knew it. We knew it was going to happen. We couldn't see it. It was just resting there. Um, but I'm, I'm so glad that he allows me to hold that dream. And then bearing it. You're carrying the weight. You're enduring it. Um, and it's a step in the process of, right, conceiving something. So mothers, as you develop, right, you're carrying that. You're carrying on the weight. You're carrying on the pressure of it. And um, the same with a vision, with a dream. If God's calling you to something, you're carrying some weight. You're, being, you're having to step out of what everyone else is doing because you're carrying something. You know, you're not going to be able to fall just into normal because you're carrying this. And you're bearing this. You, ha- you have this within you. But you have the power, the tolerance, the patience to carry it because the Father... Decided to allow you to bear that. Then she was all confused, right? And she says to herself, how can this be? I'm a virgin. Like, this doesn't even make sense. Maybe you should have said this to a different lady, you know, that's like married, you know, and actually has a house. How can this be? I don't even understand How this is going to be. And she goes on with all of her questioning. And when I was looking at how can this be, because that's my title today is, how can this be? That, That this would happen to me, within me, around me. And the New King James Version, let me just tell you, I never used to read any other versions of the Bible besides King James Version. I thought I was going to like burn in hell if I like went to ESV like that's not God's word, you know, and it's just not it's not true. It's just they're just breaking it down a little to make it a little easier for you to read doesn't mean it's not the Bible anymore. Um, But I love a good King James version. Um, But it says how can and then ESV says, how will this be? And I love this comparison and I'm not a big grammar girl, but I definitely know the difference between can and will. Right. So can is speaking to my ability. Right. And will is speaking to my future tense, right? right. And I think there's a huge difference there. Cuz you're sp- not only speaking to my abilities when you when I'm saying how can this be? I'm also saying how in the world is this going to be my future? And I love that that God gave that to me to bring that comparison between can and Will. And if you, know, if you know much about Mary, she was probably around 13 years old. Um, I would never want to conceive a child at 13. I just wouldn't. Um, and she was a virgin, which means she hadn't even been known by Joseph yet. How can you conceive something that... You haven't even been known by your, by your significant other yet. She would be misunderstood by man. She would maybe be cast out, stoned to death. She's risking her life if she says yes to this. And then her qualifications, right? Her age doesn't say that she can do this. Her race, not really. Her culture, she comes from A small town, Nazareth. Really, do you want me to conceive this in Nazareth? Like, really, this small little town, everybody knows everybody. As soon as they find out, they're going to ask me about this. How can this be? And her reputation, her family's reputation. um, I know this has happened in my small town where someone gets pregnant out of wedlock and everyone's like, And they're super young. All the talks happening. I can just see this happening in Mary's life. Like she conceived? She's not even married. And she's saying, how can this be? I will ruin the reputation of my family. I will ruin my reputation by saying yes to this. How can this be in my life? I'm too young. I'm from a small town. I say this about myself all the time. I'm not even going to lie. I'm from Harlan County, Kentucky. It's like southeast. Jordan knows me. And you just come from a small town like this and you ask yourself, how can this be in my life that you would call me to Bowling Green, Kentucky, to pastor a church along a man? How can this be that I would even get married? You know, And I have asked myself that millions of times in my brokenness, how can I even be in a relationship with someone that might love me? How can that even be like, I don't even see that being possible in my life because I rejected love because I had been so broken, so wounded and I'm definitely not going to be known by anyone because there's too many scars there and it's, it would be impossible. And I have asked many times, how can this be? How will this be? Because you see my abilities. You know I went to school for social work. I didn't go to school to be a minister. You know I didn't start reading the Bible until like, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade. Um, You know I got saved because I love you, not because I know the Bible, right? Right? And I could go on forever about how can this be in my life. I really could. And I'm sure she was doing that in her head too. Even to the angel, I could see her being like, no, how can this be, angel? Like, you're amazing and all, but how are you doing this in me? And I'm sure she said, I don't have the wisdom or the knowledge to bear this, to bear a son, to bear a dream, to birth this purpose or this plan for my life? How can this be? How will this even be? And I don't know about you, but God constantly reminds me that in the impossible is where he starts. And I am so grateful that the angel didn't stop the conversation, but he had some more to say. And he said three different things to remind her that, after all of her questioning, this could still happen. He gave her the Holy Spirit, said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And we love the Holy Spirit. That's our series, right? Learning more about how that's going to happen in our lives and how the Holy Spirit would even dwell in us and how that, how that works, what that looks like. And then he said, that the power of the most high will overshadow you. And then he sent her confirmation by her visit with Elizabeth. And I just want to break these up a little bit. And he sends the Holy spirit because he knew that Mary would come with her. How? So he gave her the Holy spirit because the Holy spirit will cover you with his presence and give you authority for the call. And give you that ability to say yes. And I love that they talk about overshadowing her. This means that the presence of God would tower over her and cast such a great shadow that it would appear so much bigger than maybe it had ever appeared before. The presence of God over her life. And it meant that this was important. That he would overshadow her and be with her. With his presence. And I love the Holy Spirit in my life because it's not in my abilities and my flesh will say this is not even possible. But the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of me, to dwell inside of me. And as we learned last week, he's our helper, which means that he's with us now and then later. So when that angel goes to leave later, the Holy Spirit will still be there with her speaking that assignment and dwelling within her for now and later in this moment and for later. The Holy Spirit will empower you with boldness and bravery to say yes, because if she she could easily say no. But if she says yes, she's risking it all. She's risking her whole life by saying yes. And I love the Holy Spirit, too, because he allows me to love people. And if you know me, you know I love you. And I love people. I love to be around people. Uh, I'm a natural extrovert. I don't even have to try, you know. Sometimes I wish I had to try a little more. Like, you should be a little quieter, you know. Uh, But it just comes really natural. I think that that's a God thing, right? And I can look around the room and point out lots of extroverts in here. And I'm thankful that he allows me to love people through how he designed me. And I do. I have a love for people. But not always, right? They're going to hurt my feelings. I'm sure Mary would say, when they start talking about me, I'm going to need the Holy Spirit to remind me that he's calling me to love them and to look past that because I know what he said and I'm going to walk in that. That would be hard. So I need the Holy Spirit to do that for me. I need the Holy Spirit to speak destiny. She needed that too. And even in my barren places where I don't see it, the Holy Spirit will cause that destiny to leap up on the inside of me and allow me to walk in that. The Holy Spirit also eliminates fear. So every time we know the angel came, it gives you that fear can't have any power here. And then I'm going to speak your destiny and I love that you can read it a scripture every day of the year about fear not being present in your life. Did you know that Bible says at 100 or 360 Five times. Do not fear. And I love that. And he also allows you to live a life that he's designed. Not the one you designed for yourself. Because I'm sure Mary had her own list of what her life was going to look like. But he allows us to live in his design. So he kills down my flesh. And he allows me to walk in his plan. His design. He never leaves me doubting which that takes us into the confirmation with him, with Mary visiting Elizabeth in her old age. She was already six months pregnant in her barrenness. God had already placed a son in her womb. And this was going to be confirmation for Mary. When she arrived to Elizabeth, she's taking her big long jog to her. Elizabeth, I got to tell you something. An angel just came to me and said, you're going to, I'm going to bear a son. His name's going to be Jesus. And when she met Elizabeth, the child leaped inside of her. Um, And I think that's just an amazing example of confirmation. He'll He'll confirm it all for you. And that just keeps you going past your flesh to know that he still has a plan, even if we don't see it. We're just conceiving and bearing it. And I love that. So, we went from normalcy and normal day for Mary to her encounter with the angel, which gave her her assignment. And it also leads to her acceptance of this assignment. So, after you got all the whys out of the way, you got your day, okay, it's not going to look the way I thought it was going to. My life's not really planning out the way I thought it was going to. And you push all that aside. To hear the voice of God in his plan for your life, you allow the Holy Spirit, because he is the how. He's the how can this be? The Holy Spirit is your how. So every time you doubt your purpose, you can look and see that God is your how. The Holy Spirit will live inside of you and be your how. So, my question to you today is will you say, Yes. Will you say yes to allowing the Holy Spirit to be your how? And I can look back at being in this little farmhouse that we lived in, in northern Kentucky, when Jesus said, you're going to move. You're going to drop your career. You're going to move your two little kids to a new area you don't know anything about. And you're going to take this huge leap of faith that I got you and that I called you to this. And he's, he spoke that destiny, that purpose. I didn't feel it, right? Not in my flesh would I have ever said yes to being a pastor. I can tell you that right now. I thought I was going to be, you know, social worker for all my life. And my feminist side would say, you know, work the ladder so you can make all the money and ain't no man going to bring in more than you. Like that's that would have been my picture, my reality. But if I wouldn't have allowed the Holy Spirit to invade my space in that moment and said yes to him, none of this would have happened. Cuz I would have kept him in northern Kentucky if God wouldn't have visited me and the Holy Spirit wouldn't have said you can do this. Um, so my question is, will you say yes? Will you say yes, regardless of what your life looks like, regardless of all of your disqualifications that don't make you eligible to do anything, regardless of what your family will say, what those around you will say? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to eliminate the how in your life? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to speak destiny over you? Because everyone in this room has purpose and a plan for your life. Even if you don't see it, maybe you're just conceiving it right now. And it's just sitting inside and you, you know that voice in you that says, there's more to my life than what it looks like right now. Will you stop saying that your greatest limitations are greater than God's ability to do something in your life? Will you stop putting your limitations greater than the God that we serve? And when I heard that little phrase there, I can tell you I do this majority of my life. When I wake up, I can't do it today. It's just not going to happen. There's too much happening. And I will put limitations on God. My insecurities speak too loud. You're going to have to scream at me because this ain't going to work. So I have to allow God's abilities to work through me. It's radical. I want to be a radical believer. I don't want to be just this Christian that just floats around, just not doing much. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. What are you doing for him? Well, I pray and read my Bible. I think that's good enough. It's not. I want to be so radical in my faith. I want to be like Mary. I want to be, I want to risk it all by saying yes to his plan. I just do. I want you guys to say yes to being radical. Even when it looks a little crazy and God's saying something you're really not comfortable with, but you know it's him, I want to be radical. I want to say yes. I want to be a radical mom. I want to go against the grain in my theology, what I teach my children, how they live their lives. Like, I don't want to just be the mom that does everything every other mom does. I want to be the mom that looks at my child every day and says, you got destiny all over you. God has a plan for your life, a calling for you. And you're going to walk in it today. How are you going to walk in it, Sadie? You're going to be smiling at everybody you see. You're going to tell them that Jesus loves them. And you're going to be brave and courageous today. And I I do that. If you haven't noticed, Sadie is like all those things I just said. Um, And she even says, we need to go get our neighbor and go pass out more church cards and tell people that Jesus loves them. And I will say, well, maybe tomorrow, Sade, because, you know, we got our own thing happening today. And um, I don't know. That makes me courageous, too. You plant these little seeds, allow the Holy Spirit to work through you into your children. And it becomes this beautiful thing that you never even thought possible. You can even start today. And being radical, radical in what you believe, radical in your job. I'm gonna have such high integrity that ain't nobody gonna look at me and be able to say I'm not giving hundred and ten. And I'm gonna do my job better than better than my expectation, because I'm gonna allow the Holy Spirit to lead me in my job, in my day, in my neighborhood. Let's stop our insecurities and allow God to breathe purpose. Uh, Jordan, if you want to come, you can go ahead. Mary, she she said to after all this was done, said, You're gonna bear this son. You're gonna conceive it, you're gonna bear it, and you're gonna birth him out. And he's gonna be called Jesus. She said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So even though she doubted it, and even though God gave her confirmation, she might have been a little insecure about it, how this is going to turn out. She said, I'm your servant. I love that she led with that. Because she said, she could have been like, oh, yeah, you chose me to bear Jesus. All right, I can do this. And she could have walked in a little arrogance. But she didn't do that. She came as a servant. And she didn't say, well, look at me. Thank, thank goodness that I'm a little boastful. He chose me, not you. She wasn't like that. She came in humility as a servant of God. And she said, let it be according to your will. So instead of saying, how will it be? I encourage you. I want you to grab a hold of this and say, let it be according to your will for my life. I don't want to be held back when you come to speak to me. I don't want to say, fear, you win. I'm not going to listen to God anymore because I can't do this. I want to say, let it be according to your will for my life, Father. I want to be courageous like her. I want to say yes. And I love that if you read on in these scriptures, that the first act she did was praising. And I love that. She ran, she got her confirmation from Elizabeth. And then what does she do? She praised him. And Pastor Andrew spoke a little bit about your praise, like raising your hands, being surrender. I could just see Mary after she knew she was going to conceive this child that she just threw her hands up and she said, let it be according to your will for my life, God. Whatever you would say, thank you for allowing that angel to come to speak to me because I wasn't going to be able to discern that on my own. Thank you for meeting me. And there was a little phrase she said in some of her praise. If you read it on in Luke, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. And I I think that's just so beautiful. So I ask you to stand in this room. I just want you to, to bow your head. I do this a lot in my own life. Is I'll just take a moment to look at my life. To look at what it's, what it, where it is now. Where it was a couple weeks ago. Where it was a couple of years ago. just look at my life. And I like to just, you know, I'm like taking these little pictures and my thoughts about my life, my journey that I've been on, who I am, who he's called me to be. And I just, I just take a little inventory. And I ask you to do that in this moment. And I ask you to point out all the house. If you're saying some of the same stuff I said. But how can this be? Look at my life. Look at my family. I don't have an education. I can't have kids. I'm barren. I have no dreams, no destiny, no purpose. I'm just floating along. How can this even be in me, God? How? And I ask you in this moment just to raise your hands. And say, let it be to all my house. Let it be, Father, above all my insecurities, let it be. Let it be, Father, above all my doubts that you're real, let it be in my life. Let it be, Father, regardless of my career path, regardless of my flesh when it says I'm incapable. Father, let it be according to your will. Let it be according to your plan for my life. Let me not say no to you anymore. Let me embrace your call. Let me embrace your plan. Let me embrace hearing you when I wake up of the morning. Let me embrace saying yes, even in the little. Buying someone else's food. Taking a little extra time to tell someone about you. Let me say yes to being the mom you've called me to be. Not the mom that everyone else wants me to be, but the mom you want me to be. Father, I pray that you you wrap your arms around everyone in this room. That you embrace them a little tighter today. And that you speak destiny and purpose over them. Overshadow this room. Overshadow us with your presence, Jesus. Lord, be so radiant that our house just fall to the wayside. Our house become what we're stepping on. Our house become the praise in our hands and in our mouth, Father. Father, I believe you're gonna do it in the lives of those in this room, even if it's a little how, if it's a big how. Father, I know you're capable because you are the God that we serve. You can visit us in this moment. We feel you in this room. Father, we're so thankful for your presence. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for it, Jesus. It's not by mistake that they're here today. Father, you came with the word to their hearts. Father, stir inside of them. Stir your plan, your destiny, your purpose for them. we praise you for it, Father.